Hey everybody, welcome back to The Hustle. It's John Lamoureux. Okay, this week is a big one. When I think, this is one of my dream guests. For years, when I think about who would I really love to have on this show, who I think might have an interesting story, I come back to this week's guest, Chris Hayes, guitarist for Huey Lewis and the News. Now, there's a lot of reasons why I feel that way. First and foremost, because Huey Lewis and the News are great, and these songs hold up, and they were one of the biggest bands of the 80s. So of course I want to hear stories about the songs and the albums and the process and the guys in the band and the heyday of the band, which we do. The second reason is because about 20 years ago, Chris walked away from it all. He was, I think, one of the most underrated guitarists of that decade. And in the early 2000s, he decided he didn't want to do it anymore. And so he sort of retired. And I think, why does the guitarist of Huey Lewis in the News retire? And uh, we learn about that in here. I, I think essentially it comes down to him wanting to stay sober. And uh, he's very, um, very thoughtful about that in this conversation. And I'm grateful for that. I'm happy for him. So we have a, we have a wide ranging conversation here. We talk about a lot of the hits, how they came to be, um, you know, those glory days, all that kind of stuff. It's really fantastic. And these guys were a band that, you know, everybody loved back in the day. Still do. One thing I got to say is that this interview was done, I don't know, probably two months ago. And it's weird because within, almost within days, Huey sort of became back, came back on the radar. They released a new song. They announced that they're putting on a new, uh, putting out a new album of all new material. Now, Chris isn't involved in those things. And I don't know why. I wish that this interview had happened just like a week later because I could have asked him why, you know, he alludes in here that he might be open to working with them again. There's no bad blood here. And they're off making new things finally. So anyway, it's interesting. I, uh, I wish that this is, ha like I said, I wish this had happened just a week or two later so we could have found out what was really going on there. But anyway, I'm so grateful to have been able to talk to Chris. And I'm really, I gotta give a huge thanks to the guys from Suburban Underground, Drew and Steve, because they helped me get in contact with Chris. So I hope everyone enjoys this. You guys know the hits. I don't need to tell you what they are. He called me from his home in Eugene, Oregon. So I got to kick this off. I want to tell you what my favorite Chris Hayes moment is. And okay. that is uh, Back in Time. I know that Power of Love was the big hit and all that kind of stuff, but I always preferred Back in Time. And especially like around the three minute marks, you get your chords, like, and I'm not a musician, so I don't even know what the right words are. I just know that it starts uh -huh. getting more and more powerful and muscly. And it feels like you get to cut loose a little bit. And I remember sometimes, I think there may have been a single mix of that song. And sometimes the radio would fade it out right at that part mm -hmm. when it's starting to get good. And uh, I just yeah. thought, man, yeah. this is good. <laughs>
Isn't that the way it goes? <laughs> yes. And yeah. so I just yeah. I want you to know that from the from the tw- the time I was twelve, I've always paid close attention to that. You're playing on that song and been blown away by it. Oh, cool. Well, thanks, John. Yeah, you know. That was a cool song. Um, I, I enjoyed that one, actually. Um, you know, oftentimes people want to talk about The Power of Love because it's, mm-hmm. a pop, you know, our most popular song. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's a great song and all. But, yeah, Back in Time was a great tune. And mm-hmm. um, that was a cool one because I, I did the drop D tuning on that, mm-hmm. um, you know, where you tune the lower string down um, okay. a whole step. Mm-hmm. So it's got a nice, you know, timber to it or timbre or whatever however you pronounce that word uh-huh. yeah that was a cool song that was written by sean hopper the mm-hmm. keyboard player mm-hmm. and then i wrote the bridge to it did um, you we, we co- collaborated on that a little bit yeah so and that was for the movie obviously and uh-huh. um yeah you know that 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 was a cool song i always liked that song too and we yeah. when we played it live it was always a lot of fun i Good. always enjoyed doing that so Good. Yeah, I never cool. got to see. I've seen Huey once, but it was like five years ago. In fact, I think it was on the sports yeah. 30th anniversary tour or something like that. Right. That done. So I, I've never gotten to see to see you. How, how, how were they? Where, 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 where did you see him? Play? Uh, yeah, I live in Denver, but I drove to Salt uh-huh. Lake City. They were playing a uh-huh. big ant- outdoor amphitheater in Salt Lake. And that's where I'm from. So me and my brother went. And uh-huh. They were great. They cool. sounded great. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they're really good. I mean, you know, um, unfortunately, I don't know if you you're, um, know about Huey's condition and all yeah. that. You probably are, are aware of that. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I don't know what they're going to do going forward. But, yeah, they were they were doing real well there mm-hmm. um, and um, pretty, you know, reasonably energetic for yeah. a bunch of old dudes. And, totally. you know, and, and uh, you know, always uh, tried to put on a pretty good show. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, that was. Yeah. That was kind of our, our objective was to always, you know, try to provide some value. Yeah. yeah. Well, you <laughs> yeah. nailed it. And yeah. I mean, let's, I was going to save this for later, but let's get right to it. I mean, where did you sure. go? Why did you leave? I be, And I say, I mean, well, I can understand someone wanting to retire, but it seems like at this stage, prior to Huey's hearing problem, um, yeah. you're in like the victory lap stage of your career where you can kind of just play when you want, where you want. That seems like that's what you put all the work in for, and yet that's when you decide to walk away. Why? Well, you know, when when I decided not to play anymore, it was um, at a time when my second child was born. Mm. That was in 1997, um, and um, and you know, I had already I have an older kid who's like 34 right uh-huh. now, uh-huh. and um, and you know, I kind of missed a good portion of his younger life. And then when my other kid was born, I thought, you know, I don't know if I want to do that again. Uh-huh. And that was right around the year 2000. And, and I just kind of got a little burnt out on the whole traveling thing. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. also, you know, for my personal reasons, I was kind of, um, you know, I, I enjoyed the, 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 you know, being on the road. And, mm-hmm. and I was sober for a long time. But, you know every once in a while I'd start drinking again. And I didn't like that either. That was a little problematic for me. And it was like, why should I go out and play on the train tracks? Yeah. You know, yeah. if I'm worried about getting run over by a train. Yeah. So I was kind of more like, yeah, I think I'll just, you know, cause I, I felt like um, I didn't really need to work that much anymore. Mm. I, I didn't really feel like I needed to go out and have, you know, need needed to have, people watch me anymore yeah, i mean yeah. it was just sort of 
it was really just sort of a, a, a couple of different things that happened at the same time. But a lot of it had to do with, with um, um, yeah, my family life. Yeah. You know, I just wanted to, didn't want to, to see that happen again, where Got I it. wasn't spending enough time with my kids, you know. Yeah. So I ended up having uh, another two kids. Wow. Um, and my daughter, my daughter just started up at OSU, Oregon State University, no uh, about a month and a half ago. Yeah, so we're empty nesters now. Oh. So, I mean, you know, unfortunately, like now would be a good time for me to go back to work. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> but now uh, they're not working anymore. Yeah. And, um, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. You know, and, and, you know, the music business is kind of a young man's thing. You know, yeah. it's like, uh, I don't know if anybody really cares about me that much anymore mm. and unless i like made something happen yeah i don't i don't think you know what i mean it's i do it's like uh, i do uh, i think i'll just let some young guys do it <laughs> well that makes sense but i i have so i have two thoughts on that number one yeah. sure yes the young man's i i think starting out it's a young man's business but the people who i mean let's be honest it's all about touring these days i mean it, no one's going to buy it albums is. anymore so I would think yeah. now, granted, again, this is all Huey can't do this right now. Hopefully he will eventually. I don't know what the prognosis is on that. But if he were being yeah. able to say Chris Hayes is back in the fold playing guitar, I think that's yeah. a bigger draw. I, I mean, you're kind of the well, secret th weapon. Well, thank you. I mean, I mean, that's uh, that's awfully nice. And, you know, if if the situation came up, if Huey said, hey, you know what? My hearing's I think my hearing's back yeah. to uh workable levels and um you know we want to we want to go out on tour again and we'd like to have you come and play with us i i'm sure i'd say yes mm. you know because okay, good. they're a great bunch of guys you know yeah. and, it, and it would be fun yeah especially i know that now uh, given what's happened they, they probably would work less than mm -hmm. or, or not as much as they would be working ordinarily so, yeah um, and that would be that would be better for me because um, you know at this point the traveling thing is is mm -hmm. the hardest part I mean, and that's that's what people get paid for is for yeah. the traveling right know? that's what I hear um, but once you once you get on the bus though it's no it's a no brainer <laughs> it's pretty easy you know right. so uh, um, I would do it in a heartbeat if good. if uh, if the situation came up I just don't know if it's going to happen yeah um, yeah what do you I hear just, about that is he big... is he done are we are they waiting to find out what what's the prognosis today. Well, um, last time I spoke with him, he said, you know, he, he's been actually been having a lot of good days. Oh, good. So that's good. Yeah. So um, things are looking good right now, but it's I think it's still problematic for him in mm. terms of, you know, being able to enjoy and hear the yeah. pitch and and uh, be able to sing. Yeah. You know, so uh, there, there, he still has some issues, but, you know, uh, it could uh, it can change at any time. Mm hmm. Right. And, and he he could actually get better. It, it, it's it's um, I don't really know a lot about it, um, mm. but I, I did a okay. little dive into it, and and apparently um, he could he could actually have a have a full recovery. I, I guess it's certainly possible. Good, I hope so. That's so that's good. Um, okay, I hope so too for yeah. his sake. But he's you know he's at this point he's able to uh, you know. He, he can um, function and it's, it's not uh, debilitating or anything like that. So that's okay. good. You know? um, I just hope that he can sing again because I think yeah. he really wants to. You know? Yeah, I, uh, no kidding. So yeah. let me ask you this. I mean, we try to sensitively touch on the, the business side of things on here. Mm -hmm. I'm sure when you walked away in 2000, having a co-writing credit on Stuck With You and 
I want a new drug and stuff like that set you up for a long time. But that that's not necessarily the case anymore. Are you still fine in um, terms of Roy? I mean, I hope that's not too personal, but I really am curious how someone like you continues to pay their bills for so long, you know? Well, um, you know, I, I, I don't live a very extravagant lifestyle. Okay. You know, um, I never I never have. And um, I think that's the key to becoming at least financially independent, yeah. you know, and not dependent on a source of, 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 of like having, having to have a job and stuff. I mean, you know, if you can save enough money to, to, uh, to get to the point where you don't have to work mm-hmm. um, and then just don't, I, I think the, the problem that most people get into, I mean, and this doesn't have anything to do with music necessarily, but um, financially uh, people generally tend to spend too much money. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's true. That is <laughs> right? true. And I'm kind of, I'm sort of a serial saver and mm. um, and sort of a thrifty individual. Good. Um, and I, I do not live an extravagant lifestyle. Um, I, I, I live pretty simply, and mm-hmm. um, I'm perfectly happy to live on what, what God has provided Good. to me. Good, so, that's great. Good, I'm, I'm glad to hear it. Pretty, you sound very content. Good. That's a beautiful place to be. Well, it's okay. I mean, that that's just finances, though. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it, it does. It you know, it is hard um, when you're um, a musician and you don't have anything to do. I mean, it's mm. kind of a self-imposed exile, really, um, yeah. in a lot of ways. Because I think that people, you know, people can go out and make work for themselves. Mm-hmm. But I sort of don't really um, do a whole lot musically right now. I wondered. Okay. But if the but if the right thing came up, I mean, I would, and I I, I have been. Um, there was talk about maybe doing a um, Ellis Lieben band again, uh, huh. maybe next summer, which I might do. I don't know if you you're familiar with that. It's, Not really. It, I've heard about it, but I don't know. Just a couple of saxophone players that I started out with that I played oh, with when I was nineteen. Um, nice. Um, Dave Lieben uh, was uh, uh, you know played with Miles. Uh huh. Uh, you know, and Chick Corea and Elvin Jones. He's a really good saxophone player, and then Pee Wee Ellis. Uh, would play with James wow, Brown and right. you know, Esther Phillips and all that. So those two guys, if if those guys decide to go on the road, which they were talking about maybe um, next summer to do a, just a short uh, ah. European jazz festival tour, yeah, I would do that. You know? Okay, yeah, that would be fun. Uh, uh, but um, you know, I'm probably not going to like go out and play clubs locally or okay. anything because you know I, I don't want to stay up that late. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't. You know, it's hard to find. I I was doing some gigs uh, with some friends of mine when I lived down in California, and we we got these restaurant gigs, and we'd Uh, go and play these, and they'd usually start about 7 and end at 10. mm -hmm. Those were great gigs. Uh We play like, um, they do like before the the DJs come in, right? Mm -hmm. They had a little, uh, little cocktail two, three hour jazz thing. Mm Mm-hmm. And we do st- gigs like that, and those are kind of fun because you know you can be home and and in bed by eleven o'clock. Yeah, yeah. But huh. but you know when you start going, if we take that to its logical conclusion, you're you're eventually you're going to get to the point where you're going to be uh, staying up really late, and mm-hmm. you're going to be sleep deprived, and you're going to be hanging around in bars. Yeah, true. Well, that's true. And for you know, a guy who's you know trying I mean? to stay sober and everything, that's not the right place to be. No, not really. Yeah. I, I, I'm trying to stay sober. You yeah, know. good. Good for you, <laughs> man. That's beautiful. But, uh, yeah. Good. 
Good. You know. Okay. And I've wondered about you specifically, like, for instance, I I talked to Liberty DeVito about a year ago, Mm -hmm. and um, Uh it's always surprised me that he, uh, I just assumed that somebody would be chomping at the bit to have the Liberty DeVito playing in their band now, but that's not really how it works. And I kind of feel the same way about you. I would think, who wouldn't want Chris Hayes as their guitarist in their band? But I guess the thinking on your part is, well, I don't have, there's no animosity between me and my old band. So if I'm going to get back into this, no. I'll just do it with them. I don't need some new outlet, right? Not, not really. I something, you know what, it, and it just depends. Some people love it and want to do it and keep doing it. And that's great. Mm-hmm. That's great. But some people don't. And that's okay, too. That's great, sure. too. You know, it's like whatever, whatever you want to do, you know, I mean... It, yeah, so, some people really need to do it, though. Yeah. I mean, I, I know some guys that play music that have to play gigs and they have to do four or five gigs a week mm-hmm. because that's their identity is so locked up in the music. Right. And that, and because it's like they are musicians. Yeah. And I mean, I'm a musician, yes, by mm-hmm. trade, but, mm-hmm. you know, I am also a human being. True. I mean, yeah. there are other things that I do, too. Yeah. You know? it's, and I don't really... I love playing music and I, and I do miss, you know, uh, playing music because it's good for your soul. Right. Right. I could see that. But, um, sometimes, sometimes it gets to be, um, a little tough, Mm. um, putting together, you know, um, like if somebody else did all the stuff and said, and called me up and said, Hey, I want you to come and do, uh, play in the, in this band. We got these gigs and Mm -hmm. you don't have to do anything except show up. Mm. You know what? That would be super easy. Yeah, and that would be great, yeah. and I would I would do that. I yeah. would do that. But uh, you know, for me, a lot of times, what ends up happening is I have to be, you know, call all the guys up, yeah. put together the practices, put together the song list, yeah. you know, um, do the arrangements and stuff, um, and then it becomes like herding cats, yeah. and then it's not as much fun. And then before you know it, you put in, you know, I mean, it, it, you put, you know, you you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it, it absolutely. Gets to be, I do. Yep. And so then you really got to love it. You got to yep. totally w- w- love it and want to do it all the time or need to do it for some reason. Yeah. So th- that's kind of where I'm at with it. I just kind of got to the point where I went, eh, mm. you know, I think I'll just um, take it easy for a while. Yeah. Okay. Um, now, now that, but, but that being said, um, now that my kids are all out of the house and everything, mm. um, you know, I might, consider putting something back together um yeah. you know maybe doing some gigs with my brother or my sister or, mm. you know uh, yeah or, let's uh, um, now your you sister know, is bonnie the... hayes i don't yeah is your brother some i know who bonnie is is your brother somebody i should know too yeah my brother um is is um a pretty he's a great drummer he's he played with robert cray for like seven really 18 years yeah yeah, he's he, and he played with, on on a couple. I think he played on a couple albums with BB King. And, I didn't know I mean, that. He's he's, he's wow. very good. He's he's like a, a, a he he's a, he's like a blues drummer. You know, okay. Um, m- most most notably, but he can play anything. I mean, he's he's very good. Huh. Um, and he's still he still plays gigs all the time. He he lives down in the Bay Area. You know, I'm living up in Oregon right now, yeah. so okay. there's not a. a, a a lot of music going on up here where I live. It's okay. very, uh, I, I live in the Eugene Springfield area. Okay. The music scene is pretty, pretty, uh, it, it's not, it's not exactly uh, hopping. Hopping. 
I can see that. Okay. Yeah, What's Bonnie so, doing these so, days? I've tried to get her on the show a couple times and never heard back. What's she doing? Who? who my sister? Yeah, Bonnie. Yeah, she she is um, um, the songwriting chair at Berkeley School of Music in that's Boston. What I, that's what I thought I saw. Okay. Yeah, she's she's pretty busy with that, but you know what? Um, I'll if you want, I'll um, I'll, Ooh, I'd love I'll that. send her send her a text and tell her to return your uh, your I'll, email. I'll try her again. <laughs> yeah, I would appreciate that. I've always wanted to talk to her. I was curious what her story was too. So, oh yeah, you know, I'm sure you you would you would really love talking to her. She's great. She's, I believe it. Uh, she's very energetic and uh, very uh, very talented, very knowledgeable about a lot of different things. Cool. And, you know, she, she's she's got a real cool story. Good. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's talk. Let's talk about the music. I've always been curious how the how you and Huey write songs together. I mean, I think about you know a song like. Uh, like change of heart off picture this i mean that mm -hmm. you two wrote that yeah Are you writing lyrics? Are you jamming and he hear, he hears a lick he likes? How does it work? Okay, so so um, there are a couple of different ways that we used to do it. But Huey, just right off the bat, Huey wrote most all the lyrics. Um, I wondered. I because that, that's what he did. You know, yeah. that's, that was his contribution. And he liked to write the lyrics um, because he was good at it, you know. Mm -hmm. And so, and but he, he really didn't know how to write music mm. because he's, he wasn't, didn't really play an instrument that's, that's suitable for writing songs. I mean, he's, kind of, he's a harmonica player. Yeah. I've never thought I mean? of that so, before. Yeah. You don't see him strum a guitar yeah. or play a piano. Okay. No, yeah. no. So he really didn't have the, the capability um, um, with the talents that he had to write music. So, and then plus he, you know, he had other guys in the band that were readily mm. available to write songs. So, um, and so what, what we do is he would, um, either give me like a verse and a chorus so mm -hmm. that I could get some pentameter, um, mm -hmm. you know, um, and then, and then I would write music to that. But then a lot of times what we would do is I would just, I, cause I was writing a lot of stuff. I'm, mm -hmm. I was kind of a quantity guy mm -hmm. and, and an idea guy. Right. So 
I was always writing music and just recording it, and then I would send him stuff, you know, or give him tapes. Back then, we were using cassette tapes, you know, right, <laughs> right. back then. <laughs> so, but I would just get, you know, say, "Hey, I got here's my new song. Check it out." Mm. And then he would have to write lyrics to that, and mm. that's a little bit more difficult and tricky. But he managed to do it a couple of times. So, mm. you know, uh, kudos to him yeah. for that because that's real. That's really tough. The easiest way to do it, though, is, was always like, for example, working for a living, right? Sunday morning ever, and Sunday pass on by. I'll be working here forever, at least until I die. Damn if you do, damn if you don't. I'm supposed to get a raise next week, you know that when I won't. Working for a living, working, working for a living, working for a living, living and working. I'm taking what they're giving, cause I'm working for a living. He, he gave me um, on uh, written down, uh, scribbled down on a piece of paper, um, uh, one one verse and one chorus, mm. right? You know, taking what yeah. they're giving because I'm working for a living. That's what I got, you know. Um, and then so, so, and then I took it home and I, I got on my couch with my guitar. I didn't uh -huh. plug it in. Really? It like I was just sitting. I, I would just sit around and just. It just come up with stuff. Uh huh. You know? Uh huh. Um, working for a living, I wrote in like I don't know a half an hour. It's it, obviously it's not a, a you know a very complicated song, but uh, oh, you but know, it's a classic. Oh, I love these. But stories. it is a classic. <laughs> it is. Yeah, you yeah. know. So so that one like went down like I, I was done with that song in a half an hour. You know? Oh my god. And then but other songs we would work on for weeks. You know, yeah. and those were the ones that just made you fucking crazy because you know you're like oh man maybe we should just scrap this piece of crap and yeah. just move on to the next thing but but you know a lot of times the, well let's just keep hammering on it and then eventually we get something that was workable but uh, so give me usually the best ones were the ones that just kind of came right out that, that's usually you know? how it goes can you give me an example of yes. a song you worked on that you thought that took forever that you really labored over that eventually you know turned into something special Gee, I don't know. Um, I'd have to, you know, I don't have a okay. title. I probably should have had that in front of me because oh, that's I, I don't, okay. You know, my mem my memory's not what it used to be. I'm looking at a lot um, of stuff here. I, if you need a teaser, but okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't think you were going to ask me that kind of question. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. Uh, like, uh, okay. let, me, let me try to think. Um, you know, like we had a, a couple of more. Usually, the more obscure songs were the ones that were difficult. You know, okay. um, I'm trying to. I can't really. Uh, one of yours so, that I really like rate, also is "I Know What I Like," a four. Yeah, that yeah, that was a good song. That that one was um, when I when I wrote that one. Um, my my recording capabilities weren't of, of the best quality of mm. uh, because of my um, I I didn't have proper equipment. I had you know like subpar equipment 
pretty yeah. much always have, you know. Uh-huh. I mean, thank God for the computer age, because now anybody can do this stuff. But, uh, you know, back then, I, was, I, I just wasn't really that tweaky about it. I uh-huh. was just using it as a sketch pad, pretty much. You right. Know? Um, so, uh, but um, I, when I, I wrote that, um, and I recorded it on, like, I can't remember what device I used. It was some, like, really crappy multi-track recording device. It was like mm. an eight-track. I can't remember what it was. Anyway, um, I, that, that was like a guitar riff. Mm-hmm. You know, just a da 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 da, which you can't, which is like almost completely mixed out of the song. Huh? I don't think you can even hear it. It's certainly the not the part, driving but, force. Yeah, you're right. No, but but if you but if you listen to the to the to the chorus, uh huh, and and way in the background, there's a little rhythm part that goes da 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 It's in there, but you can hardly hear it. Wow. But that was the was what the riff that started that whole song. Okay. Because I heard that in my head and went, okay, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And I and I wrote this song around that, and then and then we kind of just hammered out the rest of it, um, you know, just as as we went along. But that all started it, a lot of times um, with songs. It starts with one great little germ of an idea, yeah. you know. Yeah. And then and then it either all comes out really quick or you have to, you know, pound on it for yeah. uh, for a while. Tell me about Stuck with uh, You that, because that's yeah. how I would imagine I imagine Stuck with You is starting with you doing that really, you know, almost it's not tropical, but maybe I'm maybe I'm conflating these things because the video was so prominent, but it is a sort of laid back, groovy summer night pine tr- or a yeah. palm tree kind of vibe on this guitar lick that kicks off the song and then i'm wondering if i'm imagining huey in the room being like i like that let's build on that and you're you know whatever that is yeah well you know strangely enough i'll tell you the story about that one because that's kind of an interesting story we were working on the album and we were kind of short on tunes right Mm -hmm. and um, bob brown came to me and he said hayes i need you to write a song (laughs) (laughs) we're kind of we're kind of short on tunes Mm. um you need to go and write a hit Mm. He said to me, "That's Bob Brown was our manager." Okay. So I said, "Okay, Bob," and um, and I went and I bought myself some beer uh-huh. <laughs> and some other stuff, and and um, and then I went back to my house. That mm. was in this was in like 1984, I think, or something, mm. or 85, maybe. It might have been in 85. I can't remember when it, what year it was. Okay. But um, I went back to my house. 
and had a couple beers and got got into my recording mode and and just started playing guitar and just came up with that guitar riff you know mm-hmm. again it was like just the guitar riff that right that was what started the whole thing was I that riff that. yeah Had some fun. Yes, we've had our ups and downs. Been down that rocky road, but here we are still around. We thought about someone else, but neither one took the bait. We thought about breaking up. Now we know it's much. And then from there, um, we just kind of put together the rest of it, you know, um, as a demo. And then, and then we, you know, I brought that in, and and they were, and then he was like, "Yeah, that's pretty good." Mm. So then, uh, so then we we worked on it, at, you know, as a group. That was probably one that, like, what you were asking about before, um, that took a while mm. because I think we kind of tweaked on that one a little bit, um, okay. especially with the uh, background vocals and all that stuff. But Johnny was really good at background vocals. So he, yeah. he, a lot of the arrangement stuff, um, he was involved in that. So that kind of helped that song out a lot. Okay. Um, okay. But writing wise, you know, I just wrote the song and I, you know, pretty much had it done um, after about three hours. You know. Wild. I, I, that's kind of the way I work. You know, I was like, yeah. You know, they tell me, you know, it's like it, it, it was funny because Bob said, "Hayes, I need you to write a hit." And I went, <laughs> "Okay, I'll go do that." You got it. I'll just go pull did, that out of thin air like it's no big deal. Sure. I, I mean, but but it's it's not like it's some great piece of art or anything. It just happened to be no. a hit. Yeah. Um, it, it was number one, which was mm-hmm. pretty cool. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and before that, I think. Let me see. The first number one single we had was "Heart and Soul."
And that one was was written by uh, Mike Chapman and Nikki Chin, who yeah. were um, the producers for Bat, Pat Benatar and Blondie. Sure. Chitty Chap. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Chitty Chap. And mm-hmm. so they, because they, the record label said, well, we need a hit single and we want you to use these guys. Huh. <laughs> yeah. We want you to use uh, one of these guys' songs. Because they were with the record label, you know. For I guys see. Because right? was it Exile yeah, that said. already performed, that already recorded that song? Am I am I mixing it up? Yeah. Yes, you are. You are correct. That's it, right? I so think, yeah, what? I, I think you're right about that. Yeah. Why that song? Did yeah, someone so, just so, say? So, so that was that was that was our first our first number one single, and I think our second number one single was like, uh, I don't know if I don't know what it will if it was off that album or not. Uh, Probably was. I mean, that sold 10 million copies. Heart of Rock and Roll. I want a new drug. No, that wasn't number it. one. You didn't. Oh. Uh, Heart, Heart and Soul did. I want a new drug. Went, Heart and Soul, and I, I mean, uh, the Heart of Rock and Roll and I want a new drug did not go um, billboard number one. Oh, okay. Okay. You walk out there and find something. Oh, if this is it, no, it didn't go number one either. Huh. But it did. It did chart, though. I think it got up into the top ten. Okay. Though I know Jacob's but, ladder. But yeah, was the, our, one. our next number one. Our next number one hit after that, I think, was "Power of Love." Yeah, probably was. And it, and it wasn't even on any album, yeah. <laughs> except for the MCA soundtrack album. Yeah, yeah. I've heard Huey Which talk really about bizarre. that. Right. I've heard Huey talk yeah. about that because it's your biggest hit, but one of your small, yeah. lowest money makers because it wasn't on well, an album. And that album, the soundtrack yeah. album, you know, sold whatever it sold. But uh, yeah. if it had been on like an it actual did, Huey did. Lewis album, it might have, you know, you guys might have gotten whatever platinum over. And oh, over. we could have, we probably would have sold an, another couple million records behind yeah. that. But the thing is, is if we were between records right then. We were mm. between sports and four. Mm-hmm. And when when that when that um, song came out, it went number one. Mm-hmm. You know, which was great, except it wasn't on one of our yeah. records. Yeah, so, right. So it didn't help us with mechanical royalties, but it, it helped immensely with our popularity and airplay mm-hmm. and you know writers royalties and publishing you know i mean mm-hmm. that was a big deal so sure. um you know yeah. going forward it's it's been it's been a producer but um, yeah. okay. in terms of mechanical royalties it, it didn't really help all that much in yeah. terms of the uh, uh, album sales right yeah i could see but then that. when four came out we did pretty well with that and that's mm-hmm. when uh, that was our third number one single i think was happy to be stuck with you Okay, I think you might be right. Um, boy, there's yeah. so many. This is 
oh my gosh, we're just reliving my childhood. I, you talking about people who are writing, you know, you're collaborating with and writing songs and stuff. I've got a few questions about that. One in particular, you sure. have a co-writing credit on Hard at Play for Do You Love Me or What? co-wrote that song with you is nick Lowe? i know that nick and huey go back to like the pub rock days in britain and everything but is nick actually there in the room with you guys creating this song no uh you know the way that all came together was um i actually wrote the song the the music part uh-huh um and then um Huey, i think he helped with the lyrics or something mm, okay. he helped huey with the lyrics i think that's what what, what happened but no he he wasn't that that was kind of a weird one. It was, mm. uh, <laughs> I don't know what we were doing with that, but you know, it, it was, it, it was sort of, uh, I think it was, he, he, I think we were trying to do something kind of princey, you know, Ooh. but it didn't, it, it didn't, you know what I mean? It yeah. didn't really work out the way that we wanted it to. I don't huh. think, um, do you but feel that pretty, way about the whole cool album? Enough. Or are you happy with hard at play? No, 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 just that, just okay. that particular song, you know, okay. we were trying to, cause, because uh, you know, I, I was always a big Prince fan. I'm yeah. Like, oh yeah. Fantastic, but um, not yeah. that I was trying to rip him off or anything. I was right. just like trying to emulate, you know, sure. more than anything else. And, yeah. And it doesn't really sound like any of his songs or anything like that. But um, it, but it was sort of a kind of in that vein, I guess, yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Um, tell me about, I think I've heard this story before, but I don't remember it off the top of my head. Tell me about Jacob's Ladder and collaborating with. It wasn't just Bruce Hornsby, it was his brother or cousin or whatever, John Hornsby or something too, right? Do I have that right? Yep.
Yeah, I don't really know about that one because I wasn't involved in that song at all. Oh, um, I, really? I, yeah, I wasn't involved in writing it or oh. anything. So uh, okay, but uh, but you know, Bruce Hornsby's great. I he's, love Bruce he's Hornsby. A, he's a, yes, he's so talented. He's just immensely talented piano player and yeah. songwriter. You know, yeah. and a great guy. So. Yeah, good. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Okay, and then lastly, I wanted to ask you about Alex Call. I've had Alex on here before. He was such a uh -huh. really nice guy, and he collaborated with you. According to him, he co helped co-write, although I don't know if he gets an official credit on, but I think he co-wrote Power of Love, and I know he had. I know he worked on well, Perfect yeah. World. Yeah, he did. He wrote Perfect World, which uh -huh. is, um, you know, uh, yeah, that, and that one, I think Perfect World might have gone number one. I think, I, think it it was in, I think I, I can't I'm not positive but that was on small world and yeah and I think I think it, it was definitely top five I think it was three I, I, think, I, think, I think it, it came in number three actually and by the way that's yeah, my very favorite yeah. Huey Lewis song isn't that wild perfect world is my favorite that's, of all, that's my favorite of all the Huey Lewis and the news songs is perfect world Oh, that's cool. That's a yeah. great song. I, yeah. I really like that one. I always love playing that because it has lots of cool guitar stuff on it. Definitely. It, it was, it's, a, it's a good song. Alex wrote a lot of great songs. But with The Power of Love, I think he just came up with the title, as far uh -huh. as I know. Um, but um, he, his involvement with that song was, was purely with Huey. So I, don't, I, don't, I wasn't really priv privy to that. Okay. Um, what they what they actually did um, okay um, because i just i just wrote the music you know? sure okay um i want yeah. to ask you about the small world album because that was when things kind of started to change it sounds like an album i i don't know whether i'm projecting it sounds a little bit like an album by a band who's like who's starting to kind of expand a little bit their sound i mean there's you know there's two uh instrumental jams on there both of which you co-wrote both yeah. of which are great it's a little different than what we're used to. I, don't, I wondered if you guys were like, you know what, we're going to throw our, our fans something a little more challenging, or if you knew that things were going to end soon and you went out doing what you wanted, or you were disappointed. I wondered what the feeling with that album was. Well, you know, yeah, it was kind of weird. I don't, I'm not sure. You know, we were, we, Huey was kind of trying to um, get away from the rock thing a little bit, mm. uh, which I, you know, I was always the rock guitar player guy, but I, you know, I'm a jazz guy. So I, I, mm -hmm. I like jazz music a lot and that's kind of where I started. Okay. I was playing more, more jazz and funk and stuff like that. But, um, 
um, he, uh, you know, I think kind of maybe wanted to get away from that just a little bit. And, mm. and, and, you know, we tried to write a bunch of different stuff, you know, mm. we were trying to do something a little different and that may have been, you know, in retrospect, mm-hmm. looking back on it in terms of our popularity may not have been the best idea in the world. However, that being said, um, it's, it's still got some pretty cool songs oh, on yeah. it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, I like it. Um, it, it wasn't as popular as, as our previous stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was the beginning of when things, um, you know, sort of started to slow down for us. Um, that, right. that small world album. And I wrote a bunch of those songs. I wrote a whole bunch. I think I wrote like five or six of the songs on that album. Right. So, uh, um, you know, yeah. And the, uh, small world was, you know, it was kind of a funk tune. You know a what I mean? Bit. Yeah, I do. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and it had that Stan Getz saxophone solo on it. I mean, Stan Getz plays that. I don't <laughs> think I knew that. Yeah, that's wow. Stan Getz. Oh, no way. Yeah, he, and that was that was a cool thing, to having him come into the studio and play that solo. Yeah. Okay. He, he's just, you know, he was so cool. Yeah. Very, so how, old I've, school. I'm always curious how bands feel when these transitions start happening to them. I mean, you guys are one of the biggest bands of the 80s, one of the biggest American bands in the world. I, I mean, it's huge it couldn't have been much bigger than what you guys were at that time as a band and then small world comes out and it's not meeting the same level of success as the other stuff when that happens how do you feel are you even aware that it's going on are you hyper aware to the point where it's causing anxiety or depression or are you just like i don't care we'll get them next time what's going through your mind Um I don't know. I, did, I don't really, I, I remember just kind of, you know, we, we did the album and, you know, we, I guess we, we didn't, I didn't really perceive it as being like, um, we, we were just putting out the, uh, the, uh, a record, you know, that, mm-hmm. that was a little bit different. We wanted to try something a little different. Mm-hmm. And, and, and at that time when it, when it, when it ended up not selling as well as, uh, the previous album, it mm-hmm. was like, Oh well, well let's just go out on the road and keep you know playing this yeah. stuff and yeah. and then and then when when we when we got to the next go around it was like you know then that was when stuff started changing in terms of the musical direction I think Huey wanted to try some different stuff mm-hmm. you know, he, mm-hmm. and and that kind of took him down that road of you know that, that well that next album that we did that hard to play record mm-hmm. you know that was a little you know it, it was i think that was the one that really that 
really sort of slowed us down. Yeah, a bit. I it, can see it, that. It was, it's got some good songs on it, but yeah. it's, uh, it, it, you know, it, it, we had switched record labels. I think we were on EMI at the time. And, mm. I, you know, I don't know what what mm. the hell happened with all that. It just, it, it, it was, it wasn't like um, we were freaking out or anything. It okay. was just, we were trying some different stuff and it didn't work. You know? Yeah. 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 And, I uh, always wonder you know, when things like that happen, it, it's uh, it's more just that time change, you know, time moves on. It's not that it's not often that the artists yeah. themselves are doing anything wrong, per se. It's more like you guys were huge, very heavily exposed. Mm -hmm. People are like, OK, yeah. I've had enough of Huey Lewis. I'm on to the next thing by then. And, yeah, that uh, might that might have been it. I mean, it might have been something as simple as that. And it's kind of hard to say, um, yeah. you know, it, because sometimes people do things that are completely different and they love it, you know. Yeah. Um, and then sometimes uh, bands will just keep doing the same thing over and over and over again, and their fans love it. So yeah. um, it's hard. It's kind of hard to second guess uh, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, um, yeah, it's hard for me to look back on it and go, well, that was uh, we, if we had done this, it would have worked out better for yeah. us. Because yeah. as it turned out, I mean, you know, we had some good stuff that we recorded. And, I, you know, there, there was mm -hmm. some, some good stuff in there. Yeah. Um, it just wasn't as popular and then and then we it sort of became more so on the heart at play side mm -hmm, of things and mm -hmm. then the next record was was even more so that and then that by then huey was kind of like I, he wanted to do all this r d stuff and that's yeah. when we put out the um, four chords in several years ago mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. which was like a, a you know i didn't really to tell you the truth for me personally yeah, uh -huh. um that was not my favorite record although i love that music it's very cool don't get me wrong but right. it was like why are we doing this yeah For me, it was like, I, I don't understand uh, why we don't just write some more songs. Yeah. Because that's what I always did. I always, I was always about writing songs and, and trying to do it. And I think we would have done just as well if yeah. we had just, you know, instead of doing a bunch of covers. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm not sure what the thinking was there. But, uh, but you know what, I'm not going to, you know, that's what we, what we we decided to do. And it mm -hmm. was fine. You know, that was fine too. And yeah. it's, it's got, a, it's got a charming record, you know, I mean, it's got some cool things. Uh, Stuart Levine produced it and, and there were some good, you know, so there's some good moments on there. Yeah. But you uh, know, those cover records, it's like, it's kind of like a, then it's, you're like a Rod Stewart dude. Right. <laughs> right. It's like, I know. What are you doing? <laughs> I know. That's uh, I'll be It's interesting. No, not that I, I mean, I love Rod Stewart. I do too. I fully Stewart's understand fantastic. what you're saying. Yes. 
And you know I'm, what I'm saying, though, right? Yes, I do. And I had I was going to ask you about this exact thing because as much as I love you guys, that's the album that I play the least because I, right. you know, I'm not doo wop and old R and B and stuff isn't my generation or whatever, so it's not that exciting. Right. Well, to me. that was the, that was the problem I had with it too. Was it see because I was born in 1957. I'm yeah. not. I'm, those guys are a little older than I am. Mm. So maybe when maybe that music was more important to them than it was to me because to me it was like I don't even know this music it, yeah. I, I have no no passion for it right right you know you know what I'm saying I if do. I had had passion for it it might have been a little bit more fun for me personally yeah but that being said I think it, it that Huey did have a passion for it and so did Johnny so okay. I think that's that's fine you know and yeah. and, and um, you know it could have been that it, it you know I it could have been, if it had been critically acclaimed, it might have gone better for us, mm -hmm, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but it yeah, wasn't. Yeah, you don't know. So. Everything you had been trying up to yeah. that point was, it, you were getting diminishing returns, as were a lot of other bands in your situation, so why not try exactly. this and see and what it, happens? And it may have, yeah, it may have just been a situation where that was kind of what was happening in the yeah. music business at that time, too. It was kind of sort of the waning time. of you know, Music was really changing right at that time yeah. in the 90s, you know? Yeah, it was. It was... Uh, it, it, you know, things were going more towards, uh, you know, um, more uh, d just n different bands, more, mm -hmm. more uh, you know, away from what we were doing and, and d you know, just different stuff was going on. So. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I was wondering about you know, that because I, I feel like you are one of the most underrated guitarists of that decade for sure. Um, oh, thanks, John. I, I, <laughs> well, I really do feel that way. I mean, I was touching on it earlier with Back in Time, but I mean... Huey Lewis wasn't, the news weren't necessarily known as a guitar band, but those songs have great licks and great power chords to Thank them, you. and you did that. And But I don't know that you ever, I don't, you know, when we think about the, you know, the best guitarist or the singular guitarist of the decade, I don't hear your name come up as I feel like it's, as much as it should. And I wonder, you know, mm -hmm. does Chris, would he prefer to cut loose or does he like this doo-wop stuff? Is that his... <laughs> in his blood too you know i mean that sounds harsh yeah. but i think you know what i mean it's i imagine you being the guy that's like oh can we just rock please you know well well yeah i mean i i i kind of was like you know i, I kind of wanted to do more rock stuff mm -hmm. really because that, i you know that was sort of what brought us to the dance in the first place kind of you know it was weird yeah. that the evolution if you look at from the first album you know, and the evolution of the band. I mean, we started out as kind of a new wave band. Yeah, true. That first, you know, album, what I mean, that first yeah. record, that first album is like a, it's like a new wavey kind yeah. of surfy kind of, you know, band yeah. thing. Yeah, and then and then it evolved into more of a Americana, mm -hmm. you know, garage band deluxe sort of thing. <laughs> you know, every man sort of, you know. Yeah, with the working for a living, and um, you know, but but really, what made all that happen? That second album was um, uh, the Mutt Langatune that we recorded. Yeah. Do you believe in love? When that one went to number six, I mean, that kind of put us on the map. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. So, um, and then the rest of the stuff was just by virtue of the fact that we we got on the map with 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 that song and with the the next single, which went to number one, which was Heart and Soul. So yeah. actually. If you look at it in terms of the, the two songs that probably helped us most were not written by anybody in the band. That's true. Ooh, I hadn't thought of that. You're right. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, if you look at it from that standpoint, you know, well, uh, yeah. you know, then I'm just the luckiest guy in the world. That's 
true. <laughs> so, that and is I'm true. happy. I'm happy to accept that. You yeah, know, that's fine. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, I do. So yeah. those, and and then and then as as time went on, getting back to the evolution thing about the band, you know, we started out as kind of a new wave band, then we turned into more of a rock band, and then. And then when we put out Small World, it was like a little bit of a departure. Yeah. And then after that, it kind of went into this R&B thing. And mm -hmm. then that was, and then it was like. That yeah. makes sense. And it was. Yeah. Right. And yeah. and so, so I think by going away from rock and roll, it kind of, you know, but because there was, there was a sweet spot in there, but yeah. you know, who knows yeah. right. about these things? You, you, I don't think you can, uh, unless you're, I, I don't know, you have to be either incredibly intelligent and lucky or just lucky yeah. or something or you know who knows yeah I, and i don't even know if intelligence has anything to do with it it may just be luck i don't, I don't it's a lot of things I and know. i think and, and this was going to be my next kind of set of questions here mtv i know had a lot yeah. to do with this in fact um yeah heart and soul is when i became aware of you and after i did i realized i already knew do you believe in love? But I hadn't connected who mm -hmm. sings that song and I never went by. I was I was 10 years old in 1983. So that's when I put my money down and bought sports and all that kind of stuff. And I remember to this yeah. day watching Friday night videos and back in 1983, mm -hmm. they would they would have like uh, they would have a contest, you know, which video should win. And you would call in mm -hmm. and vote for the video. And it was heart and soul yeah. versus Lionel Richie's all night long. And I was so <laughs> I was stumped. I loved both those songs. I wasn't sure who to vote for. I couldn't sleep that night. I was I was only ten, but I was so overcome with stress. Oh, who's who should John, I vote for? Who's going to win? I don't know. I you know what? I don't think I voted because I couldn't decide. And I I know, and I waited. Now, well, I don't know. I love both those songs. To be completely honest, I still do. But I remember staying up all night, you know, to the end of Friday night videos to see who won, and I think it was you guys. But yeah. anyway. Those were the days, and uh, yeah, you got to tell. I mean, you got to tell me. You guys were at M You guys were big on MTV when it mattered. Do you have any fun stories re relating to any of the videos you made? Well, you know, yeah, making videos was not a lot of fun because yeah. there was a lot of waiting around. I can see know, that, and then for you know, for doing uh, you, you know. Huey, Huey, you know, was doing a lot of the main stuff, and then yeah. we were just sort of in a lot of shots. But you can't, like, you know, show up for the shot and then take off and go do something and then come back. They wanted you there the whole time. Yeah. So videos were like you'd have to hang around in that, in in the, uh, the at the sound stage or the location or whatever it was that you were doing, and you'd hit, pretty much it was like a you know, a 12 to 14, Ugh. maybe even a 16 hours. I mean, it was just brutal. Yeah. You know, so, so they, they weren't exactly fun, but that being said, you know, we, we managed to have some fun while yeah. we were doing it too. I mean, you know, I mean, there, there were some good, some good spots there too, but uh, yeah, they were, you know, making the videos was, was always interesting. You know, I mean, mm. it was, Okay. Uh, you know the, that if this is it was pretty cool and uh, that's one what of I was going to ask you about specifically yeah Girl.
yeah. because heads that are buried in the sand good. and all that. Yeah. Yeah, it had a lot of gimmicky stuff in it, and it was cute and funny. And mm-hmm. we always tried to do funny stuff, mm-hmm. if, you know, or as as funny as you know the the directors got to be. Right. You know? uh, right. But we tried to have a sense of humor with the whole thing. Because we didn't want to, we we never really took ourselves all that seriously. Uh-huh. It was more like, hey, hey, let's have a little fun with this because, yeah. you know, let's, well, it worked because you know people people were so serious back then about their, yeah. their stuff. Yeah, another video and, that I and, have shown with my kids from the time they were little. They're still pretty little, but uh, when they were really little, is doing it all for my baby. And because yeah, of the Frankenstein cool. angle yeah. and all that kind of stuff, you know? And so th- we've seen that video a hundred times. Early in the morning, I'm sitting in bed. She comes to me with sweet affection. Wakes me with kisses. Hello, sleepyhead. My kids love yeah, it. that was that was a pretty yeah that was a pretty fun one actually because it was almost like doing a small you know uh-huh. short movie uh-huh. there was a lot of makeup um, it was shot on a sound stage um, and uh, there you know there was a Huey had prosthetics and uh-huh. I mean it was all you know it was a big deal it was a, sure. a big makeup deal yeah but that was that was kind of fun actually that one um, okay. that was um, what was the guy's name Jeff. I can't remember his last name right now. I'm not sure. But the yeah, director. That was, that was, yeah. Yeah, the director. Yeah, he he was sure. great. He was really okay. good. I, can't, I just can't remember his last name right okay. now. Okay. But yeah, um, he, that that was a lot of fun actually doing that one uh, because it was more of a of a real, um, you know, more more filmy kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So totally. I felt we felt like we were actually making something that was. Uh, yeah. Was pretty pretty cool. Those are fun. So, um, okay, you mentioned yeah. this earlier, and I wanted to ask you about it specifically. How did sure. um, Do You Believe in Love come to you? It was written by Mutt Lang. He didn't produce that album. Did he produce that song, at least?
Um, well, he sent us a demo because him and Huey were buddies. They, uh, you know, um, I, I get, yeah, he produced. I'm pretty sure that he produced a Clover album or something. Oh, you're right. That's right. I forgot about that. Yes, he did. Yeah. So, so they were kind of friends, and he, you know, he produced um, ACDC and, uh, you know, um, and the cars he and also produced uh, uh, and, and photographs. Yeah, Def Leppard. Yep. Def Leppard, yeah. yeah. Is that what you said? Sorry. Yeah, no, that's okay. Yeah, Def Leppard, you know, but at that time, I, you know, he, they were friends, and um, he sent Huey that song, or I don't know if Huey asked him for one, but he, I just remember hearing that, you know, he sent us the demo, and and you know, but Langus demos are like records, you know. Uh huh. They're not like, like my demos sounded like shit, but his <laughs> demos sound like records, man. I right. mean, you know, they had all the background vocals and everything. I mean, because he had a studio at his house, you know, so, uh-huh. and he was a famous, famous producer for crying out loud. So, sure. yeah, his stuff. I mean, that demo sounded so damn good. Mm-hmm. And he sang all the background parts and did all the keyboard parts. I mean, he's, he's an animal. Yeah. You know, he's just so, so damn good. Yeah. So, um. Um, yeah, so we got that, and it was like, well, that's a no-brainer. We got to put this on the album, you know. And then, and then that that was really the reason why that album. That's I think. Do you believe in love? Was really kind of what yep. got the whole party started. You Seems know? that way. Yeah, you're right. I, I, rem- I remember I heard it when I I was driving a beat up green VW, and I was driving across the Golden Gate Bridge. Really, and that song came out, and I was and I was driving across the Golden Gate Bridge, and I heard it for the first time on KFRC, which was uh, Parallel One station that yeah. played all the top forty, right? Yeah. And I'm in this crappy BMW, <laughs> and I'm like, "Whoa, I played on that." Hey, this is really cool, you know. And then I paid my toll, and I'm driving along in my crap BM, BM, uh, my VW uh, uh-huh. bug that had like dents on the fenders and stuff. And I'm, I'm I was thinking, wow, maybe we are going to do something. Oh my! Maybe this band gosh. is going to is going to actually uh, have some success. You know, I, wow. I remember that. It was, wow, it was hilarious. You know, yeah. That and then I also great. remember that same day that I heard uh, Pablo Cruz. Uh, mm. um, what was that? What's it gonna be? She said yeah. goodbye. Remember that one? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, they, I remember hearing that one too that same day. Because um, we were kind of buddies with them and and, uh, and our manager also managed them. Okay. I love them. So, I've had so David. I was thinking, wow, maybe we'll be as big as Pablo Cruz someday. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I honestly got it was like, Wow, maybe maybe we could be like big like they are. Yeah. You know, that would be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so that's great. Yeah, it was pretty pretty interesting. No um way. That's cool. Um, So you mentioned this. I mean, that story with the BW is so great. You've done so much and scaled, you know, to about as high as it gets at one point in your life. When you look back, what are some of the just the wildest memories? And I don't mean whenever I say that, I don't I want to preface. I'm not talking about like an R rated crazy thing, unless that's what you want to tell us. But you've seen so much. What are some of the memories that are just like, I cannot believe that happened to me? Well, I have to say, probably the most the most incredible thing was that session with uh, Quincy and Michael Jackson. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. We, okay. we are we are the world. I yeah. mean, come on, that that was yeah. you know when we went and did that, that was a huge deal because I you know I walked into that studio and there's uh, Bob Dylan was there, and, you know, Waylon Jennings and Stevie mm-hmm. Wonder, and, you know, I mean it was just, the Pointer Sisters. I mean, it was just all these amazing artists, you know, yeah. that, that were there on that session. 
it was just it was incredible. Yeah. That that was probably the when I just looked around and went, oh my gosh, this yeah. is just crazy. The other thing that happened um, that was uh, one time when we were out on the road and uh, and um, Bruce uh, Springsteen came and, and and sang a song with us in mm. Paris. At the oh Paris. my gosh. Wow. And that was pretty cool, you know, having Bruce Springsteen on stage. Yeah. And and, um, and um, I saw a picture um, a while back of, uh, there's a picture of Huey and Bruce Springsteen and me, and we're, we're like right next to each other, and I'm thinking, I'm looking at this, I'm going, oh my gosh, look at that. <laughs> wow. I'm, I'm in a picture with Bruce Springsteen, for crying out loud. Oh what my the gosh. hell? That's not that crazy, though. <laughs> you guys were neck and neck back then, you know? I know it's weird though. I mean, yeah. you know, looking back on it now, I, I look at it and I go, "Shoot, no, no, yeah. nobody." I mean, I go down to the uh, to the uh, supermarket down here. Nobody <laughs> knows who the fuck I am. You know, what I mean? like, but but you know, yeah. But yet, thirty years ago, I was yeah. on you know on stage with Bruce Springsteen. It's kind of wow. it's kind of interesting, and then and then you re, you know it it makes me realize that yeah, amazing things happened. Yeah, but you know. I'm, you know, I'm just a human being like everybody else. Yeah, you know, yeah, but you got, you, know, you were touched I, or something. It worked out. It bounced in your favor, you know. It bounced in my favor for a little while, and yeah. now I'm just, uh, I'm just my kid's dad now. Regular so. guy. And yeah. that's, and you know what? That that is absolutely great. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm perfectly happy to have. Uh, I'm thankful to have experienced what I got to experience. Yeah. And um, and but I'm also happy to have checked out a little bit mm -hmm. so that I could appreciate my children and watch them grow up. Good. Good for you, man. Um, I'll... Uh, that, that was probably the best thing I ever did. So. Good. Well, look, I, okay. Last question. I got to ask. I grew up in the sure. Bay area. Yeah. I grew up in Concord uh -huh. and uh, oh, cool. I, I remember you guys singing, you know, the national anthem at A's and Giants games and stuff like that. How yeah. did you get the 49ers, Joe Montana, Dwight Clark, how'd you get them to sing on Hip to Be Square? Well, you know they they were great. They were, um, you know, we were we were all Forty ers fans, yeah. and you know we used to sing the anthem for the games and stuff. Yeah. And I guess Huey got to be buddies with with Joe and, and Dwight, okay. especially Dwight. Dwight Dwight was great. Dwight really? Clark, I miss him. 
he was, I mean, and Joe's great too. They were all great. Ronnie Lotz. Oh. Fucking amazing. And beautiful human being. Those guys were so cool. Oh man. All those guys. And, um, and you know, they, um, they were huge. They were so talented and great people. Yeah. And, um, and, and Huey just said, Hey, you guys come on and sing on a record. And they went, <laughs> yeah, let's do it. You know, and they just came in and, and they, you know, yeah. I mean, it was, it was great. Good. So they, they were such good guys. All those guys. You good. Know. Good. Yeah. Um, that must be yeah. wild being friends with Ricky, Ricky, Ella, Ricky Ellison. Oh. And, uh, oh my god. Ronnie Lott. Roger um, Craig. Ronaldo. Yeah, Roger, Roger didn't I don't think Roger came in and sang. Okay. I can't remember if he was there or not. I'm but just he was thinking great of the guy. guys who were on the cool. team back then. Yeah. Those were the days. Yeah. Yeah, they, those were good days. There were yeah. there that was a, a, a deep team. Yeah. Was, and and they were they were really sweet and yeah, they came and sang on a couple of songs. They did yeah. a couple of days off too. That's right. Um, okay, one other question. I had Emilio Castillo sure. on here from Tower of Power. and um, Yeah, Emilio's great. Yeah. I love him. And uh, I asked him yeah. if he had a Ricky Henderson story because the A's <laughs> were my team growing up and he is my favorite player. My room was plastered with Ricky Henderson posters as a kid. And I wondered if you ever crossed yeah. paths with Ricky Henderson. Emilio hadn't. I wondered if you have. Um, not really. I mean, I, I met him a couple of times, but it okay. was, you know, I wasn't, I, I'm not a huge baseball fan. Uh, okay. um, forgive, for, forgive That's me. Okay. But, That's okay. Um, uh, my dad was a doctor, so I kind of mm -hmm. got into other stuff, but, um, but, uh, I like baseball though. I don't, uh -huh. you know, and, and Ricky Henderson was amazing. Uh, but, um, but, uh, he, uh, Bill was, is a huge baseball fan, Bill Gibson. Uh -huh. And I think that those guys uh, may have crossed paths. Uh, okay. I, I, I was just curious. All that I ever did with, with was, um, get to meet him and say hello to him okay. know, pretty much. So. Okay. But, just curious. Uh, yeah. No big deal. Okay. Um, well, Chris, yeah. I could keep you for hours. I was telling my wife before we started talking, I thought, I said, this is one of those guys that I could, I could talk like song by song. I feel so heavily <laughs> invested in you and Huey Lewis in the news from as far back as I can remember that it's just, it's in my blood. So thank you for talking to me. You are somebody that oh, has been welcome. a dream guest of mine for four and a half years now. I am so grateful. Thank uh -huh. you. Well, hey, I'm 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 grateful that you uh, you contacted me and wanted me wanted to talk to me about my life. I Absolutely, mean, that's pretty cool for me, and and it's uh, it's fun to. Uh, I'm I'm thankful that you appreciate uh, the things that I used to do and and uh, and all that music and everything, and yeah. and it's always fun for me to to just sort of, you know, it always brings up memories that I had like I had completely forgotten about that whole Volkswagen thing. Oh, really? <laughs> and yeah, when, and when we started talking, I just remembered that. And it That's was like, oh, shoot, I don't want to. This is awesome. That <laughs> is know? the best. So, so when, when stuff like that happens, it's great when, you're, uh, when your neurons fire up a little bit. And you, yeah. you remember some stuff that you thought, because uh, a lot of times, you know, in, in our lives, we, uh, we get into doing the same things mm -hmm. and, um, and, and, um, you know, it's yeah. uh, it, it, sometimes you forget stuff that happened. Yeah, yeah. You so sure I do. appreciate you uh, um, uh, sparking some memories. From Absolutely. Me I'm happy time. to do it. It's an yeah. honor. There you have it, Chris Hayes. What a humble, thoughtful guy, you know? You know he's been through some stuff, and you know that he's taking the necessary steps 
to make big changes in his life or has done for a while now in order to come out the other end of all of this being the guy that he is. And my hat's off to him. I'm really happy for him. And I'm happy that Huey Lewis and the News are still out there doing things. I wish they were together, but if they're not and everyone's happy and everyone's cool, that's great too. That is perfectly okay too. Now, um, one thing I am super happy about is that next week's guest was alluded to in this conversation. It's his sister, Bonnie. Now, if you don't know who Bonnie is, Bonnie had some songs on the Valley Girl soundtrack, and she's done a bunch of other things, but those are probably the things you may know the most. She went on to work with a lot of other people and write for other people. I've been wanting to have her on for years as well, and it worked out. So next week's guest is Chris Hayes' sister, Bonnie Hayes. Uh, now, you guys know how to find us by now. You can find us on Facebook. You can like our page. You can send us a message on there. You can send us an email at thehustlepod at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Twitter at thehustlepod. Uh, huge thanks, as always, to Yan the Man Makiewicz, my right-hand man. Thanks for producing these episodes and doing such a fantastic job. By the way, we have a lot of bonus content coming out. I don't know exactly what the schedule is going to be because Yan's a busy guy. We still have a recap out there that's going to be coming out soon. We've got a Neil Peart uh, tribute episode coming out. I've got a couple of bonus episodes of me being on other shows that we're going to put out. So there's a lot happening. I'm not exactly sure of the schedule, but over the next week or two, you're going to be seeing a lot of bonus stuff. Hope that's okay. All right. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you next week.